want to. Or you would. And I've turned the book of Revelation chapter 1. I'm kind of going not with my notes tonight, but I am. Something that the Lord just dropped in my spirit. There's just a few things I'm going to share tonight. I feel like um, the Holy Spirit spoke to me a couple, it was almost two months ago, and uh, he said, I'm about to reveal myself as healer. I didn't tell anyone this. I didn't tell my wife this, family. I just feel like the Lord is about, and I said, Lord, what is that? What do you mean by that? What does that even look like? So I've seen, you know, I've witnessed a lot of miracles. I've witnessed the Lord do a whole bunch of things um, here and abroad and, you know, different places, different pockets. God's done crazy, you know, good things, healing folks, healing people internally, like from, from inner trauma and, and people who need inner healing. But I've also seen him heal people physically in, in, in multiple capacities, miraculous ways, right? And so I just, I just want to look at this tonight because I, I feel like there's something that the Lord wants to show us about the fire of God, and I feel like he's speaking something specifically to us. And so what does that look like when God shows up and he reveals himself to you as healer? And my, my message tonight is not about healing. It's about Jesus because Jesus is the healer. Okay, it's going to be about the presence of God and the fire of his presence coming to visit us. And that's what I believe that the Lord wants to do for us, see, in this next season, um, over the next year, that I think if we focus on some things, one of them being prayer, one of them seeking the Lord, right? Because um, we can come and go uh, to church and never really find the Lord and never really find the transforming power of his presence. Right? We can come in and out and leave the same, and I've spoken this over and over, but I really want to see the Holy Spirit come and, and touch us, because, you know, sometimes we're walking around and we've got some things we need to be healed of, we've got some things that keep us further away from God than we'd like to be, right? And God wants to break those things, He wants to heal those things, ready? Because I, I know that the tender heart of the Father wants to heal His people. And I'm like, God, what are you, how is that? And what does that look like? And so I'm expecting that he's going to come in many different ways because I'm trying not to put parameters on how God shows up. Right? You know, if he comes like lightning, great. If he comes like the wind, great. If he comes like with gentleness and, and just moving on people's hearts and we, we, can, we just go into this place where we go into some type of repentance or, or whatever it looks like because I feel like revival in its very 
very embryonic stage can come in any way. Right? So I had this because, you know, over, it was 10 years ago, it was over 10 years ago, that the Lord came to me when I was in, in, um, where was I? Washington. The state of Washington, I was visiting the healing rooms, the original healing rooms where John G. Lake, you know, had where the city that was declared uh, the healthiest, healthiest city in, the, in America because John G. Lake was carrying this power that the Lord had given him that cancer cells would, would absolutely shrivel up and plagues would go and disappear. And, and just by the touch of his hand, regeneration because of the Holy Spirit on his life, um, you know, he had such a, a, an anointing that he was carrying, and it came from heaven. How many know that? It came because he did have an experience with the lightnings of God. It did come, and what I think of when I think of the, the lightnings of God, it's the, it's the power of God. It's the fire of God. It's, it's the burning bride. And if we're going to title my message tonight, it'll be the burning bride. Because what has to happen to us is we need to come into a face-to-face -face encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Revelation here just begins to depict this, right? It says in verse 12, it says, Then I turned to see the voice that spoke to me. And, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. So the first thing that John sees in his visitation when he goes, when the Lord takes him up and carries him up to heaven, is burning lampstands. He hears the voice of the Lord, I'm the beginning and the end, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, I'm the one who's all eternal. <laughs> I, I travel in and out of time, and you can't. And he comes and he just begins to, to see these things, right? And it's the first thing he sees is the seven golden lampstands, which speaks of the seven spirits of God, or the, or the seven, right, uh, characteristics of the presence of God, whatever we want, however we want to categorize them. They are not seven different angel spirits, or although they may be depicted in that way, but it's seven burning lamps, and it's over the churches, right? Because they were over the churches, and there were seven angels over the churches, and it was God releasing his presence over the church at large to cause us, if you read the next few chapters, to cause us to be an overcoming church. And so here it is. It, it, he has this encounter with the Son of Man. He says, and in the midst of the seven lampstands, in the midst of the, the Spirit of God just being revealed all over the place, he sees Jesus, right? One like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his feet, and girded across his chest with a golden band. And his head and his hair were like wool and as white as snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire good stuff. His eyes were like a flame of fire. And I'm telling you tonight that if we get the gaze of God, if we get, if we focus our eyes on him, if our eyes come into complete uh, connection with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, the man, something powerful will happen in your life. And so when it says that his feet were like fine brass, as if refined by a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. Kind of like what I sounded on Facebook Live a month ago when we 
<laughs> it was just bad feedback. <laughs> it was just this echoing, right? And when God speaks, I believe his, his voice echoes into our spirit and, come on, reverberates in us to perform miraculous things inside of us so it shakes the very things that have been holding us back out. And so there's this revelatory realm that God wants to bring us into. And so his voice sounded like the many waters. And then it said on his right hand, he had seven stars. And out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And I like this, right? And his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. Kind of be all over the place. I wasn't even planning on this, but that's okay. Where am I sending you? Malachi 3. This is in my message, verse 2. I want us to see something. Because when Jesus comes, he comes like a burning man. And the burning presence of God is there to what? Refine. And change and anything. I I, I, I spoke a word uh, a few months ago, and I always return back to the fire of God because I don't think there's really much else we need. If I get the fire of God in my, if I meet with the fire of God, if I meet the God of, of Moses that he met on the side of the mountain with a burning bush, it wasn't about the burning bush. It was about the presence of God that he entered into. And basically the, the burning bush was a portal of heaven. Or the, or the, or the burning, burning presence of God, God where, he where he met God, God the first, the person. He met God face to face, right? And so when we meet God face to face, something happens. And then it says, that, but who can endure? Verse 2, chapter 3, Malachi. But who can endure the day of the Lord? Come on, I'm not going to stop preaching wrath and judgment right now. But who can endure it? God wants us to be prepared for it. And really, this is what God's saying. In the day of the Lord... There's going to be two people, right? There's going to be two, two types of people that show up at the throne. There'll be those who are saved and that know the Lord, right? And there's, there'll be those who do not know the Lord. But I believe that somewhere in between, if you don't know the Lord in the fullness of who he is, the day of the Lord could be a very, very horrifying day for you. Right? I, I know, know that the presence of the Lord and the, and the fear of the Lord, Lord comes to us to change us and move us on the inside. But there's something of substance, right? He says this. He says he comes like a refiner's fire. And so ready, here's where we're going this year, coming up, 2019, I believe it. Starting right in. God's coming like a launderer's soap. He's coming like a refiner's fire. He's coming for those who seek, for those who look, because really, here's the, thing, here's the deal. I want God to come and just remove everything that just is absolute. I like, I like how Paul says, when he has that revelation of the, of the Bema seat, of the judgment seat of Christ, right? It's not for, it's not for judgment of, like, you're going to hell, burning fire. It's a judgment over what? Over the race. And this, and this is what, is what the, the church, church needs, 
right? Everything that's not going to get you and move you into the race in the fullness, right? The, the Bible says this, and Hebrews said everything that weighs you down, everything that holds you back, every single thing, every single thing, I'm looking for you to cast off. Everything that entangles you to this world, right? We talked about that last week. Everything. Good soldiers. We don't. We can't hold on to things that if we're, we're trying to move in heavenly realms, I can't hold on to earthly things. That doesn't mean we're supposed to not have a house or, or live someplace. You've got to live somewhere. But it is saying this. Don't be entangled. Don't be entangled with all the things that weigh you down and keep you from moving into what I'm calling you to. So it says this. He says he's like a refiner's fire and like a launderer's soap. And he will sit as a refiner and purify and a purifier of silver and the purity of the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. And I know this from working in a, in a, in a plant that we would burn. We would just take metals and put them in and burn them and, and they would get spilled out and then you smash them up. And then you set them. I, I've gone over this before. That God will take and he can test us, right, in these ways. Because he's looking to purge everything out of the way. Right? I worked in a place that smelts metal. And we wanted to get understand what the... How much gold was in there. How much silver was in there. How much platinum was in there. Out of, out of big lots of, like, you know, mylar and metal, metallic things... And God's coming, right? God's coming and he will do it if we're ready. But who can endure? The Bible says who can endure till the end. Isn't that what it says? In the last days, who's going to endure to the end? And as I was just talking, you know, the, the next couple chapters in Revelation speak to us about walking out a life of an overcomer. Right? He has, uh, he'd go into all these churches and say, I have this against you. Papa's not a mean, mean father. But come on, he wants to direct us in a way to change us and to move us into a place that we look and we reflect. I reflect him, right? What does Jesus look like when he shows up as healer? What does it look like when he shows up as deliverer? What does it look like when Jesus himself shows up as deliverer? When he wants to deliver people from demons and spirits that they picked up along their life. And I just came across this testimony because I, I was looking for it because it was speaking about Finney and, and, and what he carried because there was such... I don't care if it was 1865. I don't care when it was. It can be in 2018. Where's the Charles Finney's? Because it's not supposed to be just one person now. Good God, help me. Right? It's not just supposed to be one person. It's supposed to be a body. It's supposed to be a church life. Right? The ecclesia, the life of God in the body. That's on a body. That's on the real, the real church. The remnant, I don't know what we want to call it. 
but it's something real. And it's something that looks just like Jesus, right? That would be you. And the Lord is wanting us to go into this, ready? Charles Finney, I just wanted to touch this because he used to walk into a, a region and within 500 miles or 50 miles, repentance would fall upon the place. Oh, that doesn't happen just by, by daily devotion. And I'm not putting... You understand, you understand what I'm saying? This doesn't just happen through casual meeting with God. This comes through purposeful looking, and here's what happened. There was an encounter that he had in his office. He was a lawyer still. And he said, if I ever meet the real God, I'll preach the gospel for him. This is, this was his, this is what he spoke. And he waited upon the Lord and the Holy Spirit descended upon that office. And in front of a, a fire, and he was in his chair. The presence of God came. The person of the Holy Spirit came and baptized him with more and more and more. And it says this. It says, but as I turned about to take a seat by the fire, I received a mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost. And without any expectation of it. Come on, he was just seeking the Lord. And without any expectation of it without ever having a thought in my mind that there was ever any such thing for me. Without my recollection that I had ever heard the thing mentioned by, my, by any person in the world, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. Now, I don't know about you, but that's what I... Come on. And you, guys, it doesn't just happen once. I could, I could feel the impression, the impression like a like wave of electricity going through me and through me. me. Indeed, Indeed, it seemed as though in, a, in waves and waves of liquid love. And I don't know if you've ever experienced the wave of liquid love of God. It's happened to me multiple times in this place. Like God will just bring me into you need a, a bashing with love. A bashing with love. Come on. And I just get messed up in a snotty mess over here or, or over there or somewhere. Watch out for that seat next to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, because, because the Lord is coming and he wants to come with liquid love to us. For I could not express it any other way, he said. He said, it seemed like the very breath of God. And I can recollect distinctly that it seemed to fan me like immense wings. And I was thinking, when I showed up at the Rookery Buildings in Washington, in Spokane, that the power of God just hit me like a wave. And the, this very thing began to happen to me, like overpowering the presence of God. And he began to show me this in Revelation 1. He began to show me the Son of Man come with a sword speaking to me. And, the, and it, was, it, it came like a sword into me. He said, I want to bring you. I want to take you. I want to move you into a realm of healing that you don't even know. That was the first wave, and I know I received something then. But I'm telling you, it doesn't, doesn't end with one encounter. It never ends with one encounter. If you're satisfied with one encounter, someone said, I need one encounter. I need an encounter, right? Not just so I feel good, not so I have goosebumps, but that I meet God. 
And see, it's not, a, it's not an encounter unless it changes me. Or it changes me for a moment. I'll keep going. No words can express the wonderful love that was shed abroad in my heart. I wept aloud with... with, with sorry. I didn't shave. I wept aloud with joy and love. And I did not know what I should say. Literally bellowed out immeasurable gushings of his heart. So he was just crying out before the Lord. He was bellowing out. Thanking God. I don't know what he was doing. You make it up as you go. Listen, tonight... Tomorrow, the next day, whenever it happens, if you pray, if you seek me, you'll find me with all your heart. And that's why I just feel like we need to press in in prayer and not in the straining. It has to be organic and you have to desire it. If I don't desire to meet with God, guess what? He's probably not going to come into my house. He's not going to come to my address. says the waves came over me one over me and over me and over me one after the other until I recollect I cried out I shall die if these waves continue to pass over me and how many have ever been in that place I've been in that place one more hit I'm dead <laughs> like God if you come any stronger in this room I'm gonna like every atom in my body is gonna explode we need that Church, we need it. I'm not looking for some, you know, mystical. This is not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a genuine encounter with that host of heaven. It has to happen. I can't look this way anymore. <laughs> it has to happen. It has to happen. And so this, this is, is what he what experienced. He, experienced. he said, Lord, Lord, Lord I, can't I can't bear it anymore. He <laughs> said, that, yet I had no fear of death. <laughs> How long will I continue in this state? With this baptism continuing to roll, roll over me and go through me, I don't know. He said, but I know it was late in the evening and when a member of my choir, uh, for I, he was a leader in the choir, came into the office to see me. <laughs> while he's weeping, right? He said, Mr. Finney, what ails you? <laughs> he, said, he said, I had no answer for some time. And then I said, then he said, are you in pain? He gathered himself up and said, no, but I'm so happy that I cannot live. Then he turned and left the office, and in a few minutes he returned with one of the elders of the church. Right? Just a choir boy. That's all he was then. He was singing in the choir, giving glory to God. So he went to go find this elder across the church whose shop was across the way from our office. He said, this elder was a very serious man. And in my presence he had been very watchful. And I had scarcely even seen him laugh. And when he came in, I was very much in the state, which I was when the young man went out to call him. And he asked me how I felt, and I began to tell him. And instead of saying anything, he fell, out, fell into an almost spasmastic laughter. 
and it seemed as if he was, it was impossible for him to stop laughing. And he was laughing from the very bottom of his heart. I read this, I read some of, was it Luke chapter 11, no, it was John 15 yesterday, at Henry's thing, you know, abide my love, we need to know the love, we need to know the love of God, we need to experientially know the love of the Father, and he wants to come to us in this way, you know, John when Jesus came, he came to bring, can I say this? It's the fire of his love. It's the fire of his presence. It's when he looks at you, something becomes a blaze inside of you. And there's something that we need as a church, right? The whole entire church, all the church of New England, the church of America, all across the whole globe, right? We need to grab hold of this, of this, this power that comes. And, and in the midst of, of, of searching, we need to be content with where we're at. Because he, he wants, wants to bring, to bring us, us in. in. Hear me. God wants us to have some type of contentment. You need to thank the Lord for where you're at right now. But know that he wants to draw you into something completely deeper than you know right now. And there's things that we have that come up that block us, right? Tonight, I want to just deal with the, what's blocking us. Because he wants to burn those things out of the way. Right? Matt, uh, Luke chapter 12 says this, and I'm reading it from the Passion Translation, but it says this, verse 49, it says, I've come to set the earth on fire, and how I long for every heart to be already ablaze with this fiery passion for God. How he longed. This was Jesus' words, that he longed for everyone's heart to be with a fiery passion Right? But, but I, I must, must first be immersed into this baptism of God's judgment and that I am consumed with passion as I await its fulfillment. What was Jesus saying? He says, I need to be filled with passion until God comes and baptizes me with what I need. Luke 3, verse 16, said, John made it clear by telling them, there is one who is coming, mightier than I. He is supreme. In fact, I'm not worthy of even being his slave. I can only baptize you in this river, but he will baptize you into the spirit of holiness and into his raging fire. And it, ready? Goes back to this thing about God burning out the chain, burning out the things that we don't need, removing those things. He said his, he has in his hands a winnowing fork to clean up the flesh threshing floor, and he will separate the wheat from the chaff. And the, and the wheat he will gather into his barn, but he will burn the chafe in a fire that no one can ever put out. No one can't put it out. No one can put it out. And so can I tell you that word fire, in the Greek it means the same as to cleanse. And so there's really something that God wants to do in every one of us. He wants to bring us into this place, right? Because the fire of God is going to mark this final season in history. I believe that. I don't think it's going to be, it's not going to be changed. There'll be no change, right? 
Can I say it? I'll say it again what I said before. Fire changes everything. It changes the molecular structure of everything. It changes how it looks. It may make things disappear. Right? How many know that fire that ripped through um, California? They were having a hard time finding people's remains because the fire was so hot. Right? Because it was just ripping through and tearing through. Half houses being burned, half, and leaving the rest standing. Crazy. And that's nothing compared to what the fire of God will do to you. And so I can ask this, see, because I was, I was reading some other things. You know, Leonard Ravenhill detected this. He said that Finney didn't preach the goodness of God or the love of God. Finney didn't preach heaven. He preached all the things that would drive you to heaven and would drive you to the goodness of God. And so sometimes I wonder, have we come to some greater revelation of how we're to minister now? But God wants to bring us into a place where we know that we've come in contact with the fire of God. And so I was thinking this. So the Lord came to me with that two weeks ago, right? And I, or two months ago. And then I had that dream last week. Right? How do we get there? How do we get there, Miss Kuhlman? We get there by a path that you bring us on that's, that's beside, that goes, it's not traveled so much. Right? God wants to bring you to a place. He wants to bring you to a house. He wants to bring you to a place where he meets with you that's less traveled. Why? And I'm not saying people aren't praying. And I'm not saying that people aren't prophesying. And I'm not saying good things are happening in the earth. Amazing things are happening all over the place. But I'm here, right? I prayed it in the back room. God, take the frigidity off of us. Take the dryness off of us. Burn it away. So that there's nothing left. There's nothing that can be cold or lukewarm. I heard someone testifying about going to these hot springs in, in, in Turkey, right? And they would, the river would flow eventually. It was beautiful. They ate like healing properties. And there's like some city that's even beneath them that was like covered. It was like crazy, right? That you can look down into the water and there's this, the remnants of the city that was covered by, this, by these hot springs. And it's wild. But that these rivers would run and they would become tepid. And it happened to become tepid at a certain place called Laodicea. So what's, the Lord is looking for us not to be cold, believe me. I, I don't like the fact that he even gives us a choice in that. I, I'd rather see you hot or cold. What? No, I just want to be hot. God, I just want the fire of your presence and I want to be hot and I want to be burning for you. And so I realized that God is speaking to us about healing. Why? Because he wants to pour out the miraculous in a, in a whole new level. I believe that. It's because here's, here's the deal. Here's the real deal. Every church should be full. Because God's doing his thing. Not because any man's doing his thing, but God's doing his thing. And people are so on fire and 
the presence of God is so thick with with the tangible presence of God that when people come in, they do crawl out of wheelchairs. Right? It's not all about the miracles, but I'm telling you, it's a sign that God's there. It's a sign that God is with us. Demons come out of people. Why? Because God's in the house. And so there's this reality that we have yet to really come into in fullness. I'm sorry, but, you know, I've seen a lot of cool, awesome things. And I don't, I, they're all down. I have, I have tons of testimonies to share, right? But what's happening on a continual basis, right? What's happening on a continual basis? People don't bring people to the church, right? Why? Because they don't believe. They don't believe God's going to show up in that way. You don't bring sick people to church, right? We stay out of church when we're sick. I'm sorry. I can't go. I got a sniffle. No. I'm just saying. I'm being serious. I'm just being serious. Right? We get a cold, we don't come. And that's not anyone's on. Please, I'm not pointing it at anyone. Please. But the reality is that I need to have a, you know, I need to have an operation. I can't come. What? Why do you even talk like that? So the reality is this. So I thought about this. Because I have to, I have to make a react. I have to react. I have to react to something. I'm a reactionary guy. But I thought about this. God came to my house. He came to my address. Spoke to me. Said you're married to me. And you're married to my message. Thanks, Jesus. So here it comes again, it comes last week. So I may be a little challenged sometimes. But I'm, I'm trying not to be. Said, don't deviate from the path less traveled, right? And the Holy Spirit wants to mold us, make us look like a master, right? So if you're not burning tonight, I'm going to ask you a question. Why are you not raging fire? Because here's, here's where it comes down to it. When everyone, it doesn't matter about church, but when believers gather together and they're burning, something happens. It has to happen. Something has to change. Right? So he's looking for the burning bride. I'm telling you, he's looking for So I'm just going to go through a, a few fire keys, okay? And then I'll let you go. But I already did the one. Number one is purity. Right? Behold, I send my messenger. Prepare away before me. Right? He said that. 
So what I'm, what I'm encouraging us is when God comes and he comes to purify, because sometimes we, when, when God comes and he points his finger on things, sometimes we step back. I don't know, maybe it's just me. I do it sometimes because God's out for certain things and I, I want to give them to him, right? I want to give them to him, but something inside you is saying, no, you know, mm. and God's saying this, come to me. Let me purify. Let me burn. God, bring the spirit of burning to us. Because there is a spirit of, right? Isaiah 4 says this. There's a spirit of burning that comes. And so God doesn't want us to be apprehensive, but the Holy Spirit wants to burn everything that's cold off of us. I've said this already. First, first point, purity. God's coming to purify that which he calls to himself. Right? He's, he, he, what's going to happen? There's going to be a pure, spotless bride. Purified bride. Purified, burning bride. Number two. The fire of his burning word. Let me just say this. What happened to Jeremiah? Remember? 20 and verse 9 says, I will, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more of his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire that shut up in my bones, and I was weary of holding it back. Hear me, right? If you get so much, if, if, the, if the Lord God, Jesus Christ, comes to you and he begins to speak to you, and he begins to breathe his word on you, right? He said, right? When he, when he saw, saw the, the disciples and he walked into the room and he breathed the Holy Spirit on them, he, he breathed life, he breathed fire on them. Life-giving fire. It's a life-giving fire and we try and tend to move away because we think God wants to strip us bare. But God's only going to bring life out of what he strips. Right? What does he say in John 15? He says, listen, I'm the vine. You're the branches. So here he is. He's the vine. The branches, what? They make fruit. As soon as you have fruit, he starts snipping. As soon as you bear more fruit, he starts snipping. Right? And we think, oh, I'm in a place of, come on, fruitfulness. You want fruitfulness? Allow him to snip. Right? The word, burning, changing, moving things. Verse five, uh, chapter 5, verse 14 says this, Because you speak my word, behold, I will make, I will make my words in your mouth a fire. And these people would, and it shall devour them. Where is the prophetic word today? Really? There's a lot of prophetic. But where's the word that, come on, consumes people and causes them to burn for God? I mean, we're all hounding prophets for words. And God's, God's saying, saying, I'm coming with a fire that I'm putting in your mouth. If you choose to meet with the person of fire, right? If you choose to meet the burning one, if you choose, because again, like last week I said, it's your choice, right? I realized this. I came into a great revelation last week that I can't make anyone do anything. 
It's awesome. I'm free again. You know why? Because it's your choice. All I have to do is deliver. And I can get stuck because... Right? I'm telling you. So God wants to make the words in your mouth fire. But that's going to come through what? Coming into complete contact with him. Coming into a place of complete. Like you, you, God wants to lock gaze with who you are. He wants to completely cover you. And allow you to eat scrolls. And sometimes it doesn't feel good when it comes in. Fire of passion and zeal, number three. I know, I got lists, Callie. Psalm 69 says, the zeal of God has consumed me. What does it look like when the zeal of God completely consumes you? Right? We want to bring healing and deliverance to the nations. We want something. We've got to be a passion for our lives. We can't just sit back and wait for something to happen. It's not, it's not going to happen. Right? Wasn't it Smith Wigglesworth who said, if God's not moving, I'm making move. basically what he was saying. The man of God, God inside of me is going to make something happen if I just move with him and move out of faith. And I'm zealous and there can be zeal with no wisdom. This is the problem. We have zeal, no wisdom. Or wisdom and no zeal. God's looking for zeal with wisdom and passion. Not flaky and crunchy. Got it. Some of you got it later. It was delayed. It was a delayed bomb. Right? But he makes your he makes his messages right win. Wins. And your ministers what? Flames of fire. Psalm 103 tells us, right? And so you're all called in this room. You're all called to be ministers. <laughs> you're all called to minister. Say it to your neighbor. I'm called to minister. And I'm going to be passionate about it. You better add that. Right? You've got to be passionate. And so we know this, and I preach this, and I believe this, and I've seen this, but there's supposed to be a fire of power. Power and demonstration. I am believing for the for the greater things, right? But don't you just want to see God move? Like, like when you 
pray for someone who's got cancer. You want to see that? Donna. Right? When you see someone who's He did good works. And then he went around healing all those who were oppressed. So, right, it's in the doing good. Right, we did last, I, you know, we're out with Henry and we do things all the time, right? Doing good. We go out and do good things. You mean, right? Christmas is a great time to do it. We shouldn't be doing it just on Christmas. This is why things get stuck, you know? We, we do it on holiday. Yay. We think of the needy when it's a holiday. But what about the rest of the day? You know, the rest of the time. God wants to touch people, right? So evangelism, we'll see evangelism and harvest. We'll see God all of a sudden multiply things when what? There's power and release in the church. And God wants to set the church free from herself. stuck. And it's not about one person harboring a gift. There's many gifts right throughout the body. If I look around the room, every person in this room probably has a healing gift on their life. Yeah. If they choose to use it. Every person can prophesy in this room. Let it be unto you according to your faith. But wouldn't it be better if I get a word, right? Like I said before, if I get that fiery word from heaven and I, God puts life on it, that when I speak, it burns things, removes things. It activates things because that's what the prophetic is supposed to do. It's supposed to activate something. It's supposed to move something. So that's the same thing. That's demonstration and power. There's power in your words. There's life in the words that you speak. There's power in the things that you believe in and release in the atmosphere. And so whether the world knows it or not, Jesus is the desire of all nations. And so just in that statement in Scripture, it's prophesying to you world harvest. believe that we go after the one, but when there's power and anointing and fire moving in the church, the fire of God's presence, the fire of demonstration, you shouldn't be able to keep people out of here. There should be lines. I'm sorry. Am I thinking wrong? Maybe I'm thinking wrong. I'm not. Thank, Thank you. you. Good, Good point. point. <laughs> I'm serious. Right? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be an issue of how many. Because oh. here's what happens. Right? Because here's what the fire of God's going to do. Probably back on purity or something else. Cleansing. Right? It's going to burn the fear of man off the whole entire body of Christ, right? Here's why. 
because we're trying to fill churches with, with nice words, right? To make everyone feel comfortable, right? And the, and the presence of God is here to disrupt your life. I'm sorry. God is here to disrupt me a little. Yes, he loves me like an amazing dad, but he's here to disrupt me and he's here to agitate me. The Holy Spirit is an agitator. I believe that. Because there's... Don't get me wrong, I totally wholeheartedly believe in the love of the Father, and, and I'm a son, and, and, and Jesus loves me, I'm his bride, I completely believe that. But when God comes into the room, he offends the minds, and he agitates people in their spirits. Because if you, here's what God's saying, right? I heard it again. He's looking for the church to align with what he's doing right now. So that we can move into what he's called us to in the fullness, in fullness. Like, I'm not interested in moving into it in partiality, right? I don't want to partial move in. I want to move in with God for life. I don't want partly move in to the things that he's calling me to. No, I want the fullness of what he has. And I want it as soon as I can get it. Like, I'd, I'd say now, but, right? He's working me. He's working you. He's working us, right? And so that's the reality. So that is number four. Separation and consecration, right? The fire of separation and consecration. Because he wants us consecrated. He wants our lives wholly given to him. He doesn't want the other things that distract us and pull us away. He doesn't want those things tapping on us all the time. Because what happens is we get distracted. And I'm not saying you don't love your family and your kids and all that. But if they become above the throne of God in your life. If relationships or certain things pull you into a place where it yanks you away from God being the focus. I, 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 I doubt it's happening. Right? And it doesn't have to be weird and unhealthy and cultic. Okay? <laughs> like you, you, you know... We love the church and we want to be with church people and we want to be with the body, but it doesn't need to be weird and strange, right? And pulling us into unhealthy, because you can have unhealthy church relationships too, you know that? It can be real unhealthy. Well, that's all got to do with family and we won't go there because we go there sometimes. So anyway... And number six, and I messed up my order. That's all right. Number six is the fire of his presence. And it's going to bring us back to where we were before. Right? That was five. Oh, what was five? Separation, consecration. Did you get that? Well, I have it as four, but I messed up. So I don't know what you, what you missed or you didn't get. So I got ready. I'll go through them quick. Ready? Fire of purity. Fire of his burning word. Maybe you missed that one. Fire of his passion and zeal. Fire of separation and consecration. Right? I told you I messed up the order. Number five. The power of demonstration. Fire. Right? And number six, the fire of his presence. I'm preaching like I was taught not to, and 
Bible college, but that's okay. The fire of his presence. We need the throne room of God. That's where we're going to end tonight. You can maybe help me now because I'll just preach my last point for you. Okay? Because I'll feel better. But this is it. It's the throne room of God. And if I look at the throne room of God, if I look at when Isaiah, right? You got the four living creatures, man. They're, they're just... Can you really just stop and think with me about that? The four living creatures. They come out of the throne of God. And they move. And they are ugly. I don't care what you think. They're ugly. And they will scare you. But this is what proceeds out of the throne. And they cry, holy, holy, holy. And they, they declare the, the holiness of the Lord over and over and over again. And you know, in a whole nother revelation, they come to a whole great... Why? Because they're filled with eyes all over them. It's just crazy. Someone should just paint one. So I know we have something up there, but I don't think it's a good rendition. Someone needs to just, come on, come up with a good living creature. Come on, Pixar would have a great time. I say that because here's the deal. When you go into the throne room of God, what do you see? Revelation chapter 4, let's go. Right, he's talking to all the churches. Then he gives an invitation. He says, and then I looked, and behold, the door standing open in heaven. He invites us up here. Right? Come up here, and I'll show you these things. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one who sat on the throne. And he was like Jasper. He was just gleaming like jewels. This is the one who you worship. And he who sat there was like Jasper and Sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around him. Why? Because all the crystalline things that makes up who the person of God is, I don't know, is reflecting light and fire all over the place. Have a good imagination, guys. Can you see it? Because maybe you should close your eyes because that's what happens when we get to a place where God wants to come and, and he reflects all the things of who he is and he, he just gives them to us. He gives every bit of himself to us. And he's in an appearance like an emerald. And around the throne were, 20, were 24 thrones. And on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes. And they had crowns of gold on their head. And out of the throne proceeds lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, and, and the sep, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass, right? And it goes into all this. And the living creatures like a lion. And there's all this activity in the throne room. But there it is full with fire and light and presence and the presence of who he is. And if you go to Ezekiel 28, and this was, a, this was like a, a crazy revelation to me. Because this is what the enemy is trying to keep you from. Ezekiel 28 shows us, it's a picture of 
Lucifer. It's a historical picture of, of what's depicted through the prophet Ezekiel. And I don't know where the reference is, but I read it. But here's the deal. He would go in and out. In and out of the mountain of God, which was the throne of God. He would go in and out of God, in the presence of God. And there was what it said, fiery stones. And there's something tonight about God wanting to reach us in this place and pull us out of every, come on, because the devil is a liar. And what he got pulled out of and thrown out of and ejected from, he doesn't want any human to get into. Why? Because he was one of the top four. He may have been, historians and theologians say he might have been even the number one angel. He might have been number one. Doesn't matter he was created anyway. But the reality is he had such favor that he was allowed to go in and out. It's almost like the, the language is like he went in and out of God. Some of you can't even handle that right now. It's okay. Take it. But that's where God wants to bring us into the very person of who he is. Why would he say to us? Why would he promise us? You shall receive power. When my person, the person of who I am, comes upon you. And in that, you'll be my witnesses, right? It goes back again to being, having the fire of God in you. And when you speak, it releases fire in the earth. Because in the last days, there's supposed to be two witnesses that speak and fire comes out of their mouths. I believe it's the prophetic word that's released over the nations. And they're killed and they're raised again. Is that literal or something that we think of spiritually? I don't know. It doesn't even matter to me. All I know is this, is that the fire of heaven wants to come to a body of people. And he wants us to step into the very person of who he is. He doesn't want us to live outside of him or even beside him. He wants us to live out of the presence and the perfect. Come on, who wants to walk amongst the stones, the fiery stones in, the, in heaven? I do. How does healing get released to the nations? And I don't, just say there's 20 people in here. Lit on fire. That's it. Lights out. Like, every town in the 20 places should be lit up with the presence of God. Because Why? Because you carry it. You carry Him. And we try and just, like, we try to have this, like, this life that's balanced. What's balanced look like? Stand. I feel like something, something burning inside me tonight. Yeah, because God wants to release something for you. We're going to set a time. Listen. An invitation, right? We're going to pray over the next four to six weeks. We just pray. So 
men's group, women's group shut down. Just kind of, you know, it's holidays. But I want to, I want to meet Jesus. I want to meet the one. I want to meet. I want to go. I want to be the one, not to take over someone else's. You know, it's. I want to meet the Lord, and I know Him, and I know the power of His resurrection, right? I've seen it, I've witnessed it, I've tasted it, I've tasted of the age to come, right? And you need to too, you need to taste of the age to come. But I'm telling you, God, the enemy, I'll say it again, he's a liar, he tries to keep us outside, outside of what he wants to do and where he wants to bring us, right? Where God wants to bring us. And so Father, we just ask you tonight, right now, right in these moments, Lord, I arrest every demonic thought in this place right now. Just ask, Lord, that we take every thought into captivity. And Lord, maybe there was something even an hour ago that kept us out of your presence. Right now, there's no place for it right now in Jesus' name. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you move us into a realm that we, Lord, that we can actually grasp that you pull us into a place, Lord, where we find life with you. That we walk in and out of the mountain of God. That we come in and out of who you are. We are. I thank you for... Romans 5 tells us we have complete access through faith. You have complete access. There is nothing that's holding you back. And so we cast off every thought that's held us back in the past. I just break every place where we think we're disqualified. And that our eyes would be focused and wide open to what you're doing. And Lord, I thank you for who you are. And I ask, Lord, that anything in this room, any sickness, any disease, anyone who's at home that's got sickness or disease or tired or weary, Father, I thank you that you break everything right now, that it's broken in Jesus' name. And we speak to everything that your life might be made manifest. God, we open ourselves up. We open ourselves up wide. We ask, Father, that you give us open understanding and revelation tonight. That you move us into this thing. So I'm just feeling like there's something pretty tangible on me. So I'm not going to just, I'm going to ask if you if you want, just come forward. I'm not, again, tonight, I'm not forcing anyone to do anything. I'm done. Done with that. I'm asking that the Lord would touch people, that the Holy Spirit would invade people, that there'd be something that would just crush things that are holding us back, would crush sickness, would crush any thoughts that we're having that keep us outside of the presence of God, that they it would just be crushed. His anointing is way greater than anything we've ever known. And so I thank you, Father. I thank you, God. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for divine alignment tonight. That Lord, you're going to align us like a, like a, a cracking that we'll hear it snap in the spirit tonight. That you're moving things that you... you 
Your word's going to come like a fire and break things out, move things. I thank you, God. 